coming up this week on the Afro Journal. So the reason why I chose the name Akamai is because I think music, Akamai means genius in Hawaiian. Okay. Mm. Now, I don't think I'm a genius. I think I'm a very smart kid. I think I'm very open-minded and insightful. But I think music is genius because it's this art form where, you know, you don't have to know my story. You don't have to know where I am, but I can take you there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like, know how I feel, but I'll, like, I'll make you feel it. You don't have to know, like, mm-hmm. what time period I'm from, but I'll bring you back there. Music can make you time travel. It can make you sad, happy. It can give you confidence to persevere. Yeah. Like, anything that can give you that without you mm-hmm. actually having to be in front of a person or without yeah. you actually having to do anything other than just listen, to me, that's genius. genius. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Afro Journal Podcast, where we bridge the gap between the diaspora around the continent through open dialogue, shared experiences, and good vibes. Today, we have another... Anger. As you guys know, we have a special guest with us. You know, another Nigerian... I think this is a Nigerian podcast, honestly. Let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> oh, so I should But be. before we get so there... No, 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 no. Come, you're honorable Nigerian. You know, you're an honorable Nigerian. I, I accept- don't claim that. Yeah, set you, Bole. All right. It's okay. I'll stay Cameroonian. It's all right. It's all right. Well, it's your boy, your extra luggage, <laughs> Chef Pirero, Peter Aketikiem Tribuzo, Aliogo Jr. It's your glazed chocolate donut. I don't claim Nigerian. Mm. Cameroonian queen, mm. Bole Akume. <laughs> and it's your vintage chocolates. You know, some people call me the toasted caramel. She's some AGK Jerry Jeremiah Okafo. Killing me. <laughs> <laughs> We got the nicknames, of course. Why Nigerian though, boys? Yeah. Actually, West African boys and girls. Let me just be neutral. Let me be inclusive. Yeah. Right? Let me be inclusive. <laughs> yeah, but we have a special guest with us. Another banger. You know, I mean, mm. let him introduce himself. Let me not just, you know, you know, bust him up. Let me not bust his brain. Let him introduce himself. Then I can I, rant I, for a little bit. I, I appreciate that, man. What's going on, guys? It's Obi, aka Akamai, aka the Space Rapper. Mm. Mm. A.K.A. you know, Obi Wenego, that's what they call me. <laughs> hey, uh, Obi Wenego. I don't know about that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, I mean, we can just give a brief introduction of how we met him. Um, we know Obi from school, WPI. You know, our connections are deep there. We got deep pockets at WPI. We have all, all the connections. But yeah, that's where we met him and he's a really close friend of ours. And we just wanted to have him on the podcast and let him introduce himself. And so, um, you know, we can talk about basically your whole journey through that whole process of becoming, you know, coming to WPI as a basketballer, you know, I'm to do college basketball, then becoming an engineer, then you turn it into a cause on that. Can you just start with that whole story? Yeah. Um, where do I start? <laughs> just uh, talk about, you know, you being a six, what, six nine boy, skinny, yeah. entry I mean, in college. Was it born six nine? No, I mean, I, was, <laughs> I think so. I think my sister was actually the heaviest of the four of us. Really? So yeah, I don't think I. I think I might have been maybe second or something like that. Yeah. But, mm. How many um, are you guys? We got three, not including myself. So four total: three boys, one girl. She's the mm. youngest, so obviously we take care of her. You know, mm. wow. she's the princess. Are you, are you the oldest? As you should. I am the middle child, which means I get away with a lot of shit. <laughs> I thought you get away with the least amount of shit. No, the, the oldest child. child no, the middle, middle child, child. Yeah. 
No, nah, they. I think my parents experimented with me because, like, I got to live off campus. I got to go to the private. Oh college. wow! Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they just let me do whatever. Mm, I mean, actually, my brother, that's actually, true. That's true. Well, well I felt that, like, you know, you you never could get your way because you're not the last. I you're not the first. If that makes sense, because when you're fighting with the first. Yeah. You're like looking at you know like, that's the oldest. They want to respect the oldest. But when you're fighting with the youngest, like how can you be fighting the youngest? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I think it's different when you got like an older brother in Because we I would never fight with my sister for any reason. You know what I mean? Oh, Although I, had, I mean I think we used to tease her though, for mm-hmm. sure. But I never that. Yeah, but like, you know, I, I wasn't gonna fight with my Actually, did we fight? No, we definitely fought, actually. Let me not cap. Yeah, me and my younger uh, brother. I was like, what's the age difference between you guys? Uh, it's all relatively close. So I'm 95, my older brother's 94, my younger brother's 97, and my sister's 99. Oh, yeah, I okay. look close. Yeah, it's yeah. close. It's kind of similar to my house yeah, as well. You're definitely going to fight if you're all that close. Yeah. yeah. Like from top to, to. Yeah. top to bottom. I mean, that's um, cool. That's cool. That's cool. So, but let's get right into your experience of entering WPA. You know, like how did you get into that basketball situation at WPA? Yeah, so I actually didn't know the school at all until my senior year a lot of um, us didn't yeah i was i was uh so i think a lot of people in high school really focused a lot on the college process mm-hmm. i was not that person oh, okay. I, I got played basketball that was my thing mm-hmm. um i was just a basketball player was it your dad that got you into basketball or was it something that you did by yourself I, I don't know which came first we played soccer for the longest time and then yeah. i just remember like we would you passed the, the height limit. No, I don't even think it was that. We took the <laughs> bus to school, like me and my sibs, and then we would go to my cousin's house, and he had a basketball hoop, mm. and we would all just play outdoors, and I could not shoot to save my life. I kept on shooting the ball over the hoop. I remember that. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then my, so my cousin, he actually made it to the NBA in 2004. Um, his name's Emeka Okafor. He was the second picked behind Dwight Howard. Oh, so I know him then. I mean, I know of him, not like I know him personally. Wow, yeah. that was like your That's direct crazy. cousin. Uh, my grandfather's brother is his grandfather. So I guess mm-hmm. he's like a second cousin. Second yeah, cousin. Second, mm-hmm. second cousin, yeah. Yeah. He got things. I, yeah. And it was his house you were going to to play basketball? No, 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 no. Oh, like, I was okay. going to my like actual cousin's house. Oh, I, yeah. I just... Like, I just remember he got into the league, and then, you know, my dad came home and was like, you, <laughs> you guys should stop playing basketball. <laughs> like, you guys should start taking it seriously, because, I mean, I don't know. He was a lottery pick, so I'm sure his his first contract was like... It was a, fire. Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know what yeah. it was back then, because that was before the NBA signed mm-hmm. the whole... Uh, whole like media bargaining agreement or something mm. like i forget what they call yeah. it but yeah wow that's crazy i know like african dads once they see once they see opportunity man they're like ah i have long boys at this house you that's guys can bounce you guys can definitely bounce ball it's <laughs> funny it's it's actually kind of funny because he always used to i mean even after that he would always preach like you know, focus on your books focus on your books focus on your mm-hmm. books but then like you know, if we had like a big game or whatever, he would get really Focus excited, on the ball. Which Focus on the ball. Yeah. yeah, they'll definitely trade you to do both and everything. I know my parents were mostly, because uh, I wanted to be a footballer, you know, like a soccer player when I, when yeah. I was growing up. And they knew I had the talent. 
a cop. But they were just, but they were just like, which was cop? They knew it, it was clear. Yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone saw yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you know, so you 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 know you have to go the straight and Actually, that's path. very true too. Yeah, and that's like very just true. go study, become your engineer, or like you know Doctor, do your thing, make your money, yeah. all that. You don't need to go and start gambling to hopefully get picked. You know, but man, the whole time they they like my talent, but they were just like, nah, bruh. Yeah, my parents didn't even see my talent. They were like, yo. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have it, fam. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so you know that's not true. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. I had I had quite the assets of skills and physicality. Some, but my parents, my parents, my dad was a banker. He was never interested in all this nonsense. My mom was never interested in sports. So it was basically all, by my, all just me by myself on an island, just trying yeah. to see if this thing was going to work. You know, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, shout out to my son. You know, he's going to be playing for Real Madrid one day. That's how I see it. That is how I see it. Yeah. All right, so Obi, let's move to like you actually getting the WPI and just briefly talk about that whole transition from engineering to consulting. Yeah, I have to backtrack a little bit because you guys have been saying consulting for a while, and I'm like, why? Like, who? When did I get into consulting like full time? Oh, do full time <laughs> consulting. Okay, <laughs> I did. So I, I had. I, I was a consultant for a company called Endoka for some time. Mm-hmm. And they 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 needed like a marketing consultant to basically mm-hmm. help them make a market over in the East Coast, and so that's what me and a team of other consultants who they hired did. And that mm-hmm. was like a friend of mine reached out to me um, from he actually went to Clark University. We did music together, and he reached out to me and said, "Hey, I think you'd be perfect for this because of your startup experience." Um, I had a small business in college called Tech Bros. Um, hopefully you guys remember that name. I do remember that. I, remember. You used to <laughs> I was a customer. Like, yeah. yeah, I used to fix phones and stuff. I remember. Yeah, so I had some marketing experience from that. Um, and so they I, they just brought me in. And it was kind of the, like the weirdest, like, it was just a really weird kind of onboarding experience. These guys were from Europe. So there was, like, cultural differences, and, like, they did things very... I mean, I guess it was, like, you know, a typical startup environment, very fast and kind of not structured, which I kind of liked. You know, for me, the reason I liked it compared to engineering was because... So when you're, when you're, when you're doing engineering at a big company, yeah. like, most of the jobs are so processed down that there really isn't that much room for creativity, one hundred percent. Yep. Like you're gonna you're gonna work like a design change, and the system requirements are already there. So you're literally just like pushing buttons, or you're yeah like, plugging in numbers, basically. Exactly. So like to me, that's not why I went to school. You know, I want I like I like coming up with something from like nothing, and then figuring out how to make it happen. Like we're actually yeah. working the engineering process is what I thought I'd be doing in industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't the case. So, you know, I actually figured that out by my second internship with the company I was with, who I, I'll leave out, but it's in aerospace. And so then I moved on um, to the business side of that group and worked on like marketing, business development, program management, and like industrial engineering, which I realized, wow, I should have done that in college it does that's a cheat code if you got an industrial engineering degree you shouldn't have engineer next to your name but it's okay that's how the world so you shouldn't 
they don't do any engineering. <laughs> do you know an industrial that does engineering? These guys are looking at, like, you know, they're looking at data all day. For the most part, they're putting together flow diagrams. They're talking with suppliers. They're not actually doing engineering. engineering That's kind of like yeah. saying you're a sales engineer. What are you engineering, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What you do you do? That's no seriously, like, you know. Yeah. So. All right. So, so pretty much. So, so what you're saying is that, like, there was a side of you that always thought that engineering was. I feel like I, feel like I can relate to that. Though, like as a child, I thought that yo, when you think about like, oh, I want to build cars, I want to build yeah. houses, I want to build bridges, you know, I want to do all these things. That's what we think engineering is, which it is, right? That's what engineering mm-hmm. actually is. But then we know that for most engineers, they are working on that system that's already in place, right? So they already have the manufacturing yeah. plants. All you have to do is come in and make sure that all that is running smoothly. If there's trouble, then you troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do hear what you're saying though, like when it comes when it comes to like creativity and all that, like depending on obviously what you're doing, there's no real like I, I think that's also why you say you like the startup environment because startups that's where you see a lot of because they're trying to invent something new or you're trying to solve a problem that has not necessarily been solved the way you think you can solve it. So obviously yeah. there's a, a lot of room there for creativity, which makes sense. So let me just backtrack back to high school, yeah. right? When you were in high school and you were saying, okay, I want to be an engineer, was that? your reasoning like it's kind of like you thought you were going to be able to use your creative juices kind of assuming that because we're going to get to your musical side later on down the road right but yeah definitely very like obi is a creative guy this guy is always like like in school this guy was just always like it's so weird like i always thought you were just the basketball guy but then when i talked to you a lot more then i just realized how much of everything you know which is so which is something that i thought was very was very dope you know like this guy can talk about almost anything with anybody which is like dope so go back to high school yeah was your plan to like was it your dad that pushed you towards engineering or was it you that kind of chose that path for yourself hoping that you could do that in combined with basketball so um or your mom actually well i don't know if you guys are familiar with this but you know african parents my parents at least they they gave us three choices they said, <laughs> you can be a lawyer you can be a doctor, doctor. or you can be an engineer Indian, yeah. yeah yep I don't really care for rules, so I wasn't going to do law. <laughs> and I was not that great at memorization, so I probably couldn't be a doctor. I did like tinkering with things. Like, I liked understanding how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shout out, when shout I took, out to how it's made. Yeah. Um, and so I took a physics class, like, my freshman year. Yeah. And that was, like, physics is basically, like, the study of how... Sh- stuff works in the world you know what i mean yeah like how you, stuff yeah. moves moves and yeah in an like how forces interact with each other and actually it's just it's a very interesting subject like i could have been a straight-up physicist if i wanted to. that was my best subject in school mm. um and i really enjoyed that subject and so when i was looking at uh you know what degree do i actually want to major in I said engineer because in my mind, I'm like, well, I like physics. And in my physics class, we got to build speakers and I like building speakers. I like, you know, we built rockets. I like building rockets. Like I like doing stuff like that, you know? So I thought that if I say I'm going to do engineering, then yeah, you'll end up doing that kind of stuff, which I'm sure there are lots of people that do it, but you know, really like the, like the, I don't know. I think, I think like, you know, being on like the research side of engineering is probably very interesting. And then if you're in new product development, that's also very interesting. But a lot of the engineering jobs are, you know, at least at the companies I was looking at, because I'm fascinated with aerospace. I've always have been. Um, Like a lot of the innovation is in fuel efficiency, which 
you know, that's that's more. I mean, there, there's chemical. definitely some. Yeah, there's chemical involved there. They're looking yeah. at you know alternative fuels. Um, like yeah. you know, there's some materials involved in that. But I, I, to be honest with you, I was actually materials was a class that I was originally not good at. But the teacher was such a great teacher, and she didn't want people to fail. I can't remember her name. Um, she was a great teacher, and yeah. Um, yeah, materials is interesting, but you know, definitely not something that I would look forward to going into an office to do every day. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So I mean, I, I, that was it. Was kind of like you know, I personally, to be, if you ask me, like my senior year, do I think I'm going to be an engineer? I would have told you no. I think I'm going to play D three for a year to go D one. That's yeah. what I thought. I really that was, so that was the original plan. So come to WPI, play basketball D three for a while, and then yeah. transfer to D one school. Yeah, because the thing is, like, and it, I don't even know if it happened at the time yet. It may have already happened. I don't know. But um, I played with Middlesex Magic for my AAU team. Uh-huh. And when my, I think it was my junior or my, I think it was my junior year. It was my junior year. Uh, one of the guys that I played, I played up. So I was playing on the upper team, the upper level team. And the, mm-hmm. one of the guys on that team's name was Duncan Robinson. Now he plays. On oh, I know Duncan court. Robinson. Yeah. Duncan Robinson, yeah. From the Heat, Miami yeah, Heat. Yeah. So he, I don't even know like the timing of this, but like at some point like he was at Williams and then mm-hmm. he went to Michigan. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, I'm going to go D3, then go D1. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, okay. And it just did not play out that way. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. So w- was there a reason it didn't play out that way? Like, was it more like you not being interested anymore or were there other things that kind of happened? Factors. You know, I think there's, like, a lot of things I could point to. Ultimately, I, I guess I just didn't want it bad enough. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, mm. I I have friends, people that I played with, people that I, no, I wouldn't say friends, but people that I know, acquaintances, that, like, went the distance and, like, are playing in the league now. And they mm. had a different approach and mentality when it came to, like, practice. Mm. Like, you know, out-of-practice workouts, um going the extra mile, like, mentally preparing, watching film. Like, they lived and breathed basketball, that, that basketball. sport, mm-hmm. basketball or football, because it was their passion. I mean, I guess I, I didn't know it at the time. Like, the, part of the reason I stopped playing in college was simply because, A, it's hard to, like, play and practice that much, and yeah. you have no fans. I mean, like, that was <laughs> such a big deal for me. Like, it was tough. Like, they would have robotics competitions – and the gym would be, I mean, like, yo, you saw the gym. <laughs> Shout out it to WPI. It would be filled. And I'm sitting here like, where are y'all when we're playing? Like, y'all don't like us? And so. Nah, WPI does not yo, give a shit about that's sports. Yeah, going to a dirt school, man. Yeah. Bro, I didn't think it was going to be, honestly, like, in my, if, I, you know, because the whole college process for me, I really, I, I didn't even really tour campuses like that. You know what I mean? Like, some people, like, their parents will take them. Go tour this place. Go tour that place. Yeah. Like, no. Like, if the coaches didn't come approach me and say you should come, I didn't go. You know, like, I didn't have an active role. I was literally looking for, I see how much your tuition is. Facts. How much are you going to make me pay? That was the only thing I really cared about. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because my parents told me, you're not, you know, they told me we're not rich. Um, you know, actually, what they said was we're rich. We just don't have that much money. And so we're not going to be footing any crazy bills. So you're either going to get like a you know good package, or you're going to go to state school, which I personally considered at the time going to state school. Like I kind of considered mm-hmm. that like failing, which mm-hmm. it's not. It really isn't. There's nothing wrong with yeah. state school. Yeah, there's, there's always people. that. 
I think it's because yeah. of the pressure that African parents put on us and the idea of what success is. And if you don't meet that success, yeah. your community you kind of rejects you. Yeah. yeah. I and remember that, when I knew yeah. I wasn't going to Harvard and how shit. <laughs> you know how that is. They're like, Obi, did you apply to Harvard? I said, uh, I didn't. I didn't apply to Harvard. Yeah. Why didn't you apply to I didn't want to waste my time. Because, like, yeah. you know, Harvard requires a certain SAT score. Yeah. I don't know what my SAT score was. Like, you know, you forget things that aren't, like, that great in your life, you know? I'm dead. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't... I think I only had, like, the math sides of the SAT score down. Yeah. But in terms of the, you know, like, writing and, like, and what, what are the two other ones? Reading and my the English reading, was yeah. complete, like, it was basically buck average. That was the English, yeah. like, <laughs> around 500. Like, and, like, there was no, I was just like, bro, I'm not applying to no fucking MIT. Like, <laughs> that's what I time. said. Like, like, you know, at MIT, they required you take, like, a SAT too, I think, or some other the test. subject test. Yeah, yeah and I'm sitting here, like, yeah. you want me to, I actually took, I started it, and I walked out during the test, like, literally. Because <laughs> in my mind, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, you're not going to be able to answer. Like, I'm looking, it's like, you know, the first two pages. And you know how, like, like they tell you to do this <laughs> with books. Like, you yeah. can take a book, and if you read the book and you, like, find, like, eight words you don't know in the first, like, two pages, then you should probably put it down. Yeah. It was like that, but for the test. Yeah. I'm looking at the test, and I'm like, give me an easy one to, like, start with. Couldn't nah. find any. And I'm sitting here like, I'm just going to waste my time. Like, everyone else is grinding away, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to MIT anyway. Let me just, let me just, let me just go. And so I left. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we, we, we normally console ourselves with WPS saying that we're well, MIT rival. Well, we're the rejects. That's what we are. What the MIT rejects? I mean, I actually applied to MIT too. This for my grad, and yeah, they rejected me again. So yeah. it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, proper rejects. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Shout out to I'm Georgia a... Tech, though. You know, we ate <laughs> it. We ate it. Yeah. Yo, all right. I so like. That. Okay, so you talked about like they're not being fans. I mean, Peter, did you go to basketball games at WPI? I never. I was never interested. I didn't watch any sports at WPI. I was like, what am I going to go see there? Man, y'all should have yeah. seen my high school. My high school, shout out to Brooklyn High School, by the way. Those those were the best fans I ever had. Wait, what high school was that? Yeah, what type Brooklyn of like environment was it? It was crazy. Like, people got, like, fans got thrown out of the games. Like, wow. like they had the fire marshal come because the building was at capacity. We had like a, we had like the band. The announcer was actually like saying people's names, kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like wow. the other teams' fans would come, and our fans would go at their. Like, we had like this was terrible, but we had there was a guy. He was a really good shooter, and when he was shooting free throws, our fan section found a picture of his little sister. I kid you not. Oh my! God. And blew it up, and we're like holding it up like this while he's shooting and i'm sitting here like this is the best gym i've ever played in. like this is crazy this is you know i mean like you don't get to like you'll never get to do that again most people yeah. will never get to do yeah. that again i'm just grateful yeah. for the memories they made me they gave me a fat head i got like you know i got a fat head and like back then back then if you were like yeah you know, if you had like a girl or whatever you could give her your away jersey at the game Ah, and so like yeah, that yeah, was yeah, kind of yeah, cool yeah, too yeah. you know yeah but, yeah yeah you know you know what's funny i can actually relate to that you know we athletes with my fellow as your fellow athletes i can relate to that this <laughs> <laughs> is a claimer that's what it is let me tell you this story because in secondary school if you make the school team right it's only a few people that make the school team and obviously it's when you're in ss3 which is grade 12 
or SS. Maybe the minimum, the lowest guy that made the school team was in SS one or GS three, and that's like so. So well, what you saying? Yet, yet, yeah, 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 nine, yeah, ten, yeah, nine, yeah, nine. Yeah. If you're in the school team, at year nine, that means you're just like a G. You're just you're a baller, supernatural talent. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But if when I was on the school team, so I go into the school team when I was in grade eleven, right? Obviously, and then grade twelve, I was obviously in the school team. I was one of the best in my set. It is what it is. So I go when we get our jerseys. Girls will now be hustling for, you know, like, so that they can get our jerseys, things like that, you know. So we'll now be giving them our jerseys sometimes here and there, things like that. Like, that was actually a cool thing, like, back in the day. So, yeah, like, actually. <laughs> but the thing is that the way we did it, though, was you give it to your girl. girl. But because me, I didn't have a girl. Girls are hustling for me, you know. Like, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> they are hustling to me like, yo, like, just We definitely had some of that. I, I, yeah. I was definitely not, like, the guy that had, you know, all the... You know, there were definitely other people on the team that had it like that, though, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now, I'm not saying that I was one of the coolest guys in school or anything, right? But it was just by virtue of my position. You know, it wasn't like my swag or anything. Yeah. It was just more like you I was single. Power. You know, if I had a girl, obviously they know that my jersey is going to that girl. But since I don't have a girl, the jersey is open. <laughs> There's an opening there. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. I mean, I never had that kind of experiences. No, literally. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, people wanted my shirt because well, I like, did you fine boy. Did I what? No, no, no. I was wholesome. No? I'm, You're I'm wholesome. wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> did not even I'm go still like, wholesome. Bolet was out here chilling. Bolet was out here chilling. chilling. She was like, yeah, I'm, I have my boyfriend no, already. What am I going house. to a basketball game for? <laughs> we wanted to just talk a little bit about now your you know like how you identify because we know you're nigerian but you also grew up in the united states can you describe your experiences being from both an african household and living in a, in the u.s and like did you ever go back home it's like you're strong do you speak your language is there a strong connection to you your african here there. yeah so i was born in boston the connection i mean it's strong as hell like like you grow up in a nigerian household it's just you're, you can't really call yourself full-on american because there's I just see the world so differently. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time I went home was 2002. So the year after 9-11. Man, that was such a culture shock. Like, there were some things that I just wasn't even prepared for. I remember, and this is how messed up, like, the media here is. I remember, like, walking on the sidewalk at one point and seeing, like, a bunch of, like, you know, black people walking towards me. And, like... Nigeria. Yeah, and I remember, like, you know, at the bus stop that I used to get dropped off at, like, you know, you would want to avoid groups like that that were, like, mm -hmm. older, you know, mm -hmm. dressed a certain way because you would think, like, oh, you might get jumped, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, like, I remember being, like, a little shook, and then my uncle was with me, and he was like, bro, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I just feel like, he's like, bro, you're in Africa, man. Relax. Everyone's black. <laughs> and I remember, and I'm like, I'm a kid, and I'm, I remember just being like, wow, like, like, it's kind of weird that like I think of it that way because like you mm. like you know the media and here associates like black with dangerous you know what mm. I mean so my first initial impression was like am I safe and then it was like yeah you are and then like once you get over that like for me like once I got over that that little like you know bout of uncomfortability which lasted all about twenty minutes I just felt like like this place is where I'm supposed to be kind of yeah. like this is home like you know what I mean like. Yeah. Everything just makes sense. Like, the way I react to things, the way I, like, want to, like, talk about something. Even, like, you know, for instance, like, like it's like you see it, like, in social interaction. Like, you want to go talk to a girl. In America, mm -hmm. there's, like, a 
you know, way that it's like societally acceptable for you to do it. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. you're not going to go grab someone. That's not it. But like, you know, there's just like some jokes you can crack and say. And it's yeah. like they get it because they were also raised that way. So yeah. like it hits them. Yeah. I, I, I like to imagine that like Latin Americans understand what I'm talking about, too, because like yeah. they, they literally only speak in Spanish because it's probably they just, you know, that's just how they feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like one of the biggest issues or like I would call it an issue, but one of the things that I regret the most is that I don't know Igbo perfectly because I actually mm. think it's a beautiful. It sounds like a love language to me personally, like the way we oh, yeah. say things. One day I mean, we'll just, tell you off. Um, you know, like it just, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> like it sounds so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, when you're tearing someone down, it's so freaking, <laughs> man, I can't think of a better language to rush on someone like, like, oh my goodness. I, you know, can put the fuck off. I remember like, you know, you say whatever to someone and it's like, it's just so much more emphasis in here. It's just kind of like, dude, shut the fuck up, man. Like that doesn't sound... <laughs> nearly as like you know expressive it doesn't, really, doesn't get the point across to me mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's kind of yeah. like oh this gentleman is annoyed and he's saying it in a weird way you know what i mean that's how i like yeah. take that i yep. don't know but yeah yeah i mean i identify as you know i mean i identify as obi akamai like for me that's how i identify because i feel like my experience has been so unique mm. um, and i don't yeah. know if it actually has been unique because i don't talk to people that much about it but i'm sure there's lots of other people that have had my shirt pretty much anyone that's first generation probably can relate with like Mm -hmm. you know not quite black american not Mm -hmm. quite nigerian because i didn't grow up there Mm -hmm. not quite american because like you know the system doesn't really work for people like me so that i'm kind of just me you know what i mean and like that's the diaspora yeah you know like i kind of feel like i can connect and vibe with a lot of different energies and people because mm-hmm. I was never like, you know, fully like in one, one single mm-hmm. bubble. Yeah. You know, so like I always move around, like I always used to tell my friends and my, my brothers, is like if I ever had like an event where all my friends came to one place, I don't even know how people would like, it would just be the most random collection of people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Obi are speaking the same language. Like, literally, be... you can, you, literally, you can ask them, like the people I'm friends with, just random as hell. Like, yeah. all across the whole world too as well. Like, yeah. I don't have any like ethnic, like, or like I just hang around with black people. I just hang around with, you know, people who play soccer. I hang around with everyone. Yeah. And, you know, because I see like parts of the culture I can relate to yeah. and parts of stuff that I can discuss with them. So it's just a vibe, basically what I'm trying to say, you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's like, for me, it's intellectuals and creatives for mm. the most part. And I think they go hand in hand, right? Like when, like, I believe that there are like two mindsets. You've got like survival mindset and you've got the creator mindset. I think when humans are creating, they're, they're like the truest form of themselves, mm. right? So like when you're doing whatever it is you're passionate about, when you're making something from nothing, when you're taking like the inner world and trying to manifest it into the real world, whether that be making yourself a pro soccer player or trying an art piece or whatever, you're acting more like yourself and you have a lot to offer and think about on that subject, whatever it is you're doing. And um, struggle with, if that makes yeah, sense. So it is yeah. a struggle at the end of the day. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Chisop, yeah. do you want to go, go into the next topic? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, I, I was going to ask, so when you came to college, right, like how did that 
kind of shape i guess your upbringing shaped the people that you hung around with because i'll say like you were obviously like a president in school all the time you know you had the literally tall ass night jacket like no one can <laughs> yeah. miss you but i mean tall time, black kid that's what we knew as but like yeah, when we got to know you personally, he was like Nigerian, if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, for, once I saw his name, I knew he was Nigerian. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course, of course, <laughs> like, of course. Like, like of course. I didn't need like much. You, you get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, you were there and we didn't miss you. But then at the same time, you're also very scarce in school. So how did your, I guess your upbringing, like what you just described, shape the people that you hung around with or the things that you did? Because I would say you were very involved in like the black community in WPI, you know, in a sense. Yeah. For the first two years of school, I was basketball. And I think that basically shaped who I hung out with, what I did. Um, you know, the basketball team, like any team that you come into at the lower level, right? And you show promise. Like I was rookie of the year, although, you know, there might have been people that were more deserving of it. I think they saw potential in me, which was a great kind of sign and a good nod. But like, you know, those those systems, there's usually like a there's a whole community around it, right? Like, the basketball people are really on good terms with, like, these other social groups, whether it was a fraternity, whether it was, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, this this uh, this part of, like, you know, this area, Dean Street, where we party or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, like, that basically dictated, like, my social circles. Now, the other thing that I'll say is, like, you know, bless the folks at WPI. Like, there were really three tall black kids at WPI while I was at four. There was Drew, Clyde, Marlon, and myself. Yeah. And, like, on any given day, I could be mistaken for any of those guys. <laughs> so people would think that they had met me. And, like, they, you know, they would swear that they had whole conversations with me. And I would just be going along, like, you know, they seem they seem sure of it. You know, like, they seem yeah. adamant. Maybe I was just drunk. Maybe I just genuinely don't remember. I meet so many people. Because when I mean, you're a certain height, people just, like, they, like, come up to you and they ask you, like, you know, questions about being tall, which are not yeah. really memorable questions because everyone asks you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, not, doesn't make you a, mem a memorable person. So ah. you, you I, tend I to I feel that that's such a wonderful question. I wish I had that kind of problem. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it's not really, like, it's a blessing, obviously, right? But, you know, that I think, like, like, stereotypes are a gift and a curse, right? Like, yeah, for sure. associate you being, like, tall and black with a certain stereotype. So let me tell you how that plays badly for me. I remember mm -hmm. freshman year, I was in a math class, and I was pretty talkative in that class. Um, it was, like, pre-calc. Mm -hmm. I had taken, like, calc honors or whatever in high school. So I already knew mm -hmm. all the material. I just took it again because I let the basketball team choose my classes because, again, left it all to them. That's the, right. the system that you submit to. And I remember this one kid, like, I was just talking, and his kid goes, you know, some of us actually didn't come in here on an athletic scholarship. We had to, like, you know, work our way in here. So, like, you know. Was he a white boy? Of course. Of course. Of course. Okay. 100%. Of course. 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, a, to me, it was like, okay, like, first of all, there is no athletic scholarships at D3, so you're wrong, number one. Number two, the reason I'm talking is because I already know the material. I have one of the highest grades in the class. You can ask, I mean, tell you, he used to get all his like, homework help from me. Um, mm -hmm. will also tell you. Will also tell you, I'm, I'm dropping first and last names here. Hopefully, they don't. <laughs> we can't believe it. We can't believe Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so that was that's kind of like a negative, I guess, because yeah. you get people that think that they know More your whole you. story. Like, I would get yeah. people that would like 
just assume that they knew like my history like they would just yeah. you know like for instance like people would always like talk to you about like your mom they don't want to like ask about your dad because they would assume that your dad's not present or something Dang. You get a lot of that. like i, I noticed wow. like you know like a lot of older folks would never ask me about my dad they'd always be like you know like so you live with your mom and i'm like I live with my parents, like <laughs> parents, yeah. both of Yo. them, you know, Yo, it was just a weird that, thing. That's crazy. I've never that actually thought about that before. Yeah, no, I've never yeah. had someone yeah. talk to me, oh, like, uh, do you live with your mom? <laughs> like, that's what I, no, I've never experienced that, but like, yeah. that's, that's quite a cool observation that you had there. Yeah, wow. I just like noticed a bunch of stuff like that. And I'm not saying like it ever really offended me or bothered me because like I, I got... I got bullied a bunch when I was a kid, so I came to understand how people just sort of, like, mm -hmm. think, I guess. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and people, like, you know, that's, again, that's the negative of stereotypes, right? Like, you can you can kind of use them to sort of suss things out, like, you know, very surface level, but you shouldn't go with it as if it's, like, law, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it should maybe mentally prep you for how things could go or how could things could turn out. But a lot or of how people... How to handle a specific situation. Exactly. Be, if it know, arises, though, not yeah, just yeah. going in assuming that that is the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That makes sense. So, Actually, that's. Yeah. I, I think that's something that a lot of black people in PWPIs deal with. Like when you're the only black person in the class and you feel like you have to prove yourself. You know, what I mean, that kind of environment, not to yeah. be looked down upon or like yeah. for them to have assumptions about you yeah. that you're just here from our affirmative actions and stuff like that which doesn't apply yeah. to international students by the way but yeah, actually you know, that's the one of the things that i always used to so like i consider this for like i used to work in uh i can i guess it was kind of like admissions mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of and one of the ladies there was like explaining to me how like hey if you don't make a certain amount here's what we can do for you financially if you're, like, a certain, like, if you're from, like, a disadvantaged Very demographic, group. yeah. Yeah, here's what we can do for you. And I was looking at, like, like, you know, they act, like, affirmative action, like, you know, it's not a joke. Like, they actually lower the standards in some cases um, for people who are disadvantaged, people from lower income brackets, who mm -hmm. most people are automatically associating that with, like, straight up being black. But in reality, mm -hmm. like, if you're an immigrant family of any race, Mm -hmm. And you make under a certain amount, you're going to have an easier time, like, getting into schools. That's that's mm -hmm. it. Now, anyway, um, what I one of the interesting things I found is that, like, a lot of schools, especially PWIs, fill their, like, black American quota by getting, like, African students. Like, people who are, like, you know, not from... So, so can't pay the full school fees. Yeah. Well, not even not even like the, that you can pay the full school fees, though, but just people who I think are like, how do I put this? Like, people who don't necessarily, I think, what's the right way to like describe it, you know? So, for instance, I had a, a colleague tell me in school once that, like, Africans come to this country and benefit from all the things that black Americans fought for, like affirmative mm -hmm. action. Yeah. And so I would she I think the the point she was trying to make is that um like affirmative action benefits us because society sees us as like oh you're black which means all these things. Mm -hmm. In reality like you know we you know I think most Africans who like came like whose parents came over from Africa don't necessarily have the same kind of situation situation yeah. financially like for instance like Nigerian immigrant families I think they are the third highest 
earning family in America mm. on average. We'll fact check that. Don't worry. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Fact check it because it's either third or first. It's one of the two. Like, it's actually, yeah, well, the highest, well, the, I, I think we're the highest earning immigrants. The highest earning immigrants, which to me yeah. was like, that was like, that's shocking. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, you know, by the way, you know, I mean, that's Nigeria, you know. We do what we do, baby. <laughs> you know, you know like, what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> but at the same time, oh my gosh. But at the same time, you know, it, do you give that person affirmative action the same way you give like someone who grew up, you know, They've been in their people have been in America since slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they experienced like, you know, like uh, Jim Crow and the legislation of the 50s, 60s, and 70s that disadvantaged them and disenfranchised yeah, them. Yeah, the heritage further. comes from that. Exactly. Do you give us the same opportunity that you give them? Does that make sense? Are we taking slots that necessarily should be filled by them? Mm. I don't know. But anyway, the reason why I bring that up is because the whole thing with stereotypes being tall and black on campus. It was cool for sure. Definitely had some people that were totally into me just for being tall. I remember there was like one um, individual who I'll never individual do this again. Woman. By the, I'll never do this. I, you know, I don't know because you know it could be a woman. I'm just gonna call them. Um, I don't know. Continue. Continue. But the point is, Sam. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know they. Uh, they thought I was a prince in Nigeria. Oh like my those God. those stereotypes, Uh-oh. you know, they they they, they worked. They worked. They worked in our favor. They did, you know. I'm done. I'm done, man. <laughs> but, but I'm saying there's a negative to stereotypes. There's a positive. Yeah, but like, yeah. That, was, yeah. that was kind of cool because it's like you're treating me like royalty, and like you know, I feel like a king. You know, my friends <laughs> call me king, so. You're not wrong, but you know yeah. you're not right either. Prince in my house. Ex- there you go. You see what I'm saying? But yeah, the stereotypes. The stereotypes yeah. are interesting. All right, let's go into like your your interactions with women in WPI, right? Obviously, this is more like just T-sick and things like that, right? But did this stereotype also play with your interactions with women in WPI, where like you were like you you were finding that people were just like flocking towards you because you were like the tall basketball kid and how did you handle that at the time you know i think you know not I, all of I, us can I, be on the basketball team you know not all of us can experience that so break it down for us i mean i feel like you know reality i think like the soccer guys had a lot more juice than we did like the really? basketball really? i mean for, for sure like, if you talk about at WPI specifically, like, mm-hmm. the basketball, I mean, like, if you're a basketball player, like, just from an intangibles perspective, you're going to have qualities that are sought after from women, I think, right? Like, you're tall, you're athletic, right? That's, like, that's a good thing, right? Soccer players are usually a little bit shorter. But um, I thought that they tended to do a little bit better. Now, uh, for me, did the stereotypes play into it? Um, you know, I probably, I probably thought I had more game than I actually did in mm. college. You know, I really I think most I, men do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I look back on it, and I'm just like, you know, I don't think a lot of it was game. Like, I think a lot of it was just like you know, women deciding like, yeah, like I like him, whatever he says, if it's cool or not, I really don't care. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> you know, I think for I think as far as people knowing who I was, it was helpful because 
I could never, I've, I don't remember like walking up to someone and having them just straight up not know who I was. Mm. Um, but like, you're also huge. And if they didn't know who I was, they probably thought I was like someone else. Someone else. Yep. And, yeah. you know, that was also an easy icebreaker because they'd be like, oh, I know you from class. And I'm like, that's not me. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Then they're apologetic. And then you, yeah. you just take the conversation and go from there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think stereotypes just made it a lot easier to interact with um, women, with with everyone, really. Yeah. Okay. So there's this recording theme that always comes out on this podcast, and I wanted to get your opinion. You know, like, someone like Peter, yeah. right? He came here, you know, like, kind of like similar, but like, he said he was, he was for the people. He's for the whole world, you know. He likes to, <laughs> he likes to experience different flavors and every, things like that. Every color of the rainbow. No, I, that's exactly. what I said. I said that I don't discriminate. You that's know, what I said. I didn't say right. I want to experience the whole fucking <laughs> Obi, world like you know, that. So I just said I don't discriminate. There are two different <laughs> things, okay? Please, okay, misinterpret okay. me. Okay, no uh, one, but Obi, now I'm asking yeah. you, Niger boy to Niger boy, right? Yeah. From your experience, do you think you tend towards a certain group of people in terms of like your preference, or are you also like, ah, I don't discriminate, I don't really care, it doesn't really matter that much? I feel like I've gone through seasons. Mm. I think in high school, I was definitely kind of more after black women. I think in college, it was kind of a mix, really. Um, Relationships-wise, I think I've probably dated in my adult life. I'd say it was like you know probably more probably more white women in my adult life I've dated. Mm. Um, and when I say date, I think a lot of people think, oh, like we're girlfriend boyfriend. No, I mean like I'm not seeing anyone else. We're trying to see if our mindsets make sense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that to me just comes from the fact that personally I don't really look for things. Like I just like I'm not like a hunter in that way. So like You're not a hunter. Like not not really. Like, you know, like in like in college for sure, yeah. Like, you know, like the hunt, whatever the hell they call it. You know, His eye was like, open. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, in college it was it was like you kinda like the thing to do on the weekend, right? Like, yeah. oh yeah, like let's go like let's go chase. It was him. college, it was college. Yeah, but like when you're like you're working it's is weirder it's like you know can't talk to anyone from work right yeah and you then you're talking to people that you meet out at bars personally i hate meeting people at bars i think it's a terrible place to meet someone um but so like i'd be like on hinge and then it just comes down to personalities right i've had a lot of people tell me that i don't seem black Mm. white and black people so mm. white and black to, people yeah wow. i mean pretty much everyone has always told me that like i don't seem like the typical black person i don't know what is the typical black yeah. person i mean and the typical yeah. black person is nigerian statistically speaking there you go <laughs> you know what i mean but <laughs> i've had lots of people tell me that and i'm like all right well okay don't know what that means but if i take what they say to be true then i imagine that I'd probably attract women who are like not looking for the typical black person, I guess. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I think that plays into like sort of like the relationships I've developed as far as like what I pursue. um, You know, I like, you know, the last time I really pursued a girl was like senior year in college. And Mm -hmm. that was more because, you know, 
I, you know, genuinely felt, like, comfortable around her, like, you know, felt, you know, comfortable being vulnerable and all that, and I don't think skin color played a role into it. I think it was more so that, like, she was a stranger to me, so, like, <laughs> I didn't really care if she knew my demons or whatever because at the time mm-hmm. it's like you're a stranger still so if i yeah. tell you whatever then it doesn't matter and like when she found out about all that stuff it didn't matter to her and that made me feel very comfortable before that i hadn't dated in four years i had a girlfriend prior to that and that was like freshman year and that was kind of like a interesting situation mm-hmm. um and yeah so you know i think Generally speaking, I I think, you know, you should definitely not care color-wise. I really don't think you should Um, because I think that's kind of like one of the least, one of the least uh, informative ways to, you know, suss out whether a person is going to be right for you. Like Mm -hmm. you could be, you could be Asian black, white, whatever, it's really about who makes you feel comfortable, who makes you feel mm-hmm. like you can, like, be yourself or whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've found that with people from every single race. Um, yeah. You know, that's my Man, that kind of makes sense that you say that because you, like you said, you alluded to in the beginning, like, if they bring all your friends together in one room, it's just like, bro, what the hell, like, oh, this I, I love that you guys are so, like, accepting and uh, stuff like that. But when I say it, I get that. No, no, okay, uh, let, let me put it like this, right? Let, <laughs> let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. Peter's situation is a bit different. <laughs> How is my situation <laughs> different? Do you, want me to, do you want me to break down why your situation is different? Why is my situation different? Right, let, let, me, let me put it like this, right? Peter grew up in Nigeria. <laughs> Black women all around him every day. All okay, the time. yes. It's one thing if you're like, okay, I'm for the world. It is what it is, right? Yes. But then you pick the one Asian girl in class to crush on. <laughs> the one Asian girl. In no, class no, no, no. But Tiso, so I've crushed. No, Tiso, 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 Tiso. Wait, let me let me rebut to that. Let me rebut to that. Let me rebut to that. Rebut to rebut to. Yes, I crushed on the Asian girl. So the so fuck what. She was also a pretty. She was also a pretty girl. Let's be honest. Let me be. Let me be honest. She was a pretty obviously, ass girl. Obviously. But all the all through my secondary school and primary school, all the other girls I was crushing on were black. Every well, I mean, single one of them were Nigerian. We really, but the problem 100% is we haven't really heard those stories. Okay, so I, yeah, now, we fast forward to WPI. Statistically right? speaking, let's fast forward to I've WPI. I've liked more black girls than uh, any other race. I also think all that I, one thing that people don't like. People don't realize this, right? Like, girls have, like, girls that are quote-unquote desirable. I don't care what race you're from. If mm-hmm. you are an attractive girl, you're an attractive girl. You have your pick of the litter. It's just a fact. That's facts. Yeah. So if you're at WPI and you're an attractive black woman, you are you are a unicorn. Because there are not that many black women to begin with. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like... First of all, you have to, like, she has to like you for you even to be in the conversation. Yeah. So but she you have to doesn't. Her for her to be Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, and this, this, this is, this is not about like having like a lack of beautiful black women or having like a lack of anything. Because the tr- fact of the matter is at WPI specifically, I think there were probably like, I don't know, maybe 20 to 40 girls that like everyone was like you know oh i'm interested in her you know what i mean like probably like 20 to 40 girls that people were like oh like who is she talking to like i want to talk to her or whatever do you know what mm-hmm. i mean and like 
outside of that, like, think about how many other girls went to that school that people just were never interested in, yeah. regardless of race. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. for like when I think about it from that lens, it's like a lot of it has to do with also you find your type and it turns out that she's the only one of her there and everyone else wants her. So now she gets her pick of the litter. Now, in a lot of cases, I know the guys that would win out in those situations and they were not me. Mm. They were not. Um, yeah. And I'll leave it at that. You know, I mean, you honestly, your, I'll, you say, I'll, say the, I'll, I'll move on. I'll say the same thing <laughs> applies to guys too, though. Like, of same breath, like obviously there was. I feel. More guys I feel it depends on the ratio, though. Too. Wait, hold on. I feel it depends on the ratio. Like, there was also more girls, more guys in WPI than girls, right? So obviously, yeah. just based on a numbers thing. Supply and demand. Yeah, supply and demand. The girls, <laughs> the girls are in charge. If you go to an HBCU, where there's yeah. generally more girls than guys, and I would argue there's more beautiful women there than they are in WPI. Mm-hmm. Even the average guy is already bagging like, like bro, five like, of them playing cards. Man, I remember we because like, <laughs> first of all, you're the genius of the WPI kids. I remember when I got there freshman year, these guys had invented a scale. I was I was mind blown by this. They said scale. they said if you see like a, a like a person at WPI, boy or girl, and you think that they are at WPI, you think they're like an eight. You have to do this equation to figure out what they are in the real Not world because at WPI there's this thing called the goggles, yeah, and it's yeah, the whole yeah. concept that like when you only see like a certain level of caliber of person, mm-hmm. like you adjust. You yeah, just do. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've seen a lot of guys discuss that actually. True. So I, I think know. it was something like I it was like you square, you square, that, yeah. you square wow. the number and then you divide it by uh, ten, I believe. So for instance, like if you Square 10 and divide by 10, you're still at a 10. So if you see a real world 10, it's a 10, right? Oh, yeah. but so, but if you, you get like, like a 7, yeah, right? you swear that's, that's like 49. a 4.9. <laughs> exactly. In real life, which is like a 5. So it's that's, basically yeah. you take away 2. <laughs> and, like, these, like, and I'm look, I'm doing the math and I'm like, yo, you guys really thought this through. Like, this, yeah. is, this is like, this equation actually holds. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty funny. But um, yeah. yeah. That's kind of school we went to, you know. So I mean, so the, the way I say it is more like, I think in every situation, depending on where you find yourself, there's always going to be that supply and demand, right? Like, and uh, there's going to be like whoever is at the pinnacle. It just depends on the timing, where you are, where you are in life, and things like that. But there, I don't know. The, th- the thing about Peter, right? The thing, the thing about Peter, right? Let me go back to Peter. I'm not coming for Peter, like obviously. This is no, a, come, honestly, come, let come. me honest. Let me honest. I just like giving Peter a hard time. Let me actually okay. be honest. Don't be like I'm just picking on this boy. But the thing is, I was genuinely, genuinely scared for Peter in his freshman year. Cause like, bro, this guy <laughs> was the epitome of stereotypes. Like he stereotyped Me? black women hard, and it wasn't his fault. No, I, st- I, st- yeah, that was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it was okay, his okay, fault, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, right. He told okay. the story of going to high school in Florida, meeting all the African American girls. Like, I was, like, like the only six African American, like I could count them on my hand. How many African American girls um, were in my school? And I went to a yeah. private military school, and they were all oh, from Florida. Shit. Yeah, Freud yeah. black girls shout out to them though shout out to them <laughs> yeah so in his head they were just like yo because of that the experience with them wasn't that great so mm. that was the mindset Peter carry with black women so in my head I'm just like bro how can you not like black women you know I never said I don't like them so, that was it. so it's like I, he, he said that he didn't like them 
but you can see the people that he was standing towards was always like i'm like bro like these girls are not like you get i think i think that's uh, something that <laughs> you're just so Jesus, let me say this let me actually say this freshman year i didn't go out i didn't do anything freshman year <laughs> sophomore year is when i came to the bsu that's what i'm saying like at the end of the day we brought this guy home no, I yeah, brought, we brought myself we brought, home. We stop brought him back home. I just like, you know what, peace out, come yeah. back home. Yeah, the prodigal son that returned. Yeah, it is stop, what it stop, is. Stop, 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 come and see what stop, beauty stop, actually stop. is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, obviously, everyone is beautiful. I just like giving Peter a hat out with this thing. Yeah. With this topic. I, I like to, I think like one of the things that people don't like to talk about is, I mean, or maybe they do talk about it. People just don't like take ownership or whatever. It. Yeah, but you know, I think a lot of people go through trauma as it pertains to like your first getting rejected by a woman you know what mm. i mean and like whatever she looks like or whatever <laughs> you know you just paint a bad picture like so All for right. instance like if like if you got rejected you know and, and this is that's high school right high school like middle mm. school girls yeah. were mean like you know what i mean girls were not girls bad mean, mean. Like, you know what i mean like you know that like, I mean, there's a whole show called literally mean girls right girls mm-hmm. were mean in high school like middle school girls were mean and so like and the thing is like it would it wouldn't just stop with you like you would like ask her like to maybe to prom or whatever and she would reject you then tell like everyone Everyo- else like oh how my you God, had bro, the audacity to, to ask me yo that do you know who i you know what i mean like Girls were so mean. And, like, I think a lot of guys, like, didn't really know how to... Process that. Analyze it, yeah. Process that. And so, like, when they get older, it's literally just straight-up trauma. Like, if you were shot at when you were a kid and you hear a loud bang, you're probably freaked out when you hear a loud bang, Mm -hmm. right? And so if the first girl to reject you was a black queen, when you see another black queen, you might cower a little bit. You might be a little scared to approach them. I'm I'm Um, scared of approaching black girls. Listen, man, I'm not saying saying that's... I actually Actually, never I'm not scared of of approaching African women. Let me say that. I was about to say. I'm not scared of approaching African women. I'm, I'm scared of approaching American so, women. Like, African nah, nah. American women like that. You feel me? No, 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 no. I'm scared of approaching African women. I mean, American women I mean. in general. But African women, uh, I can approach American them. women or Black American women. American yeah. women in general. Cop, cop, cop. Actually, American uh, yeah, women. That's bro, false. Stop. Stop. Don't cop. Stop. Don't cop. Don't cop. I'll help you before I say that. I'm giving you a hard time, but let's not cop. You guys just dug your own grave. You guys, you guys, that's cop, bro. How's that cop? You're afraid. You're afraid to approach Sarah, bro. Sarah. Who's Sarah? You're afraid to approach Sarah, bro. Who is Sarah? Any girl named Sarah, bro. Like you know, white girl, obviously. Like, Becky, you afraid to approach Becky, Becky bro? <laughs> Becky, Peter, don't Becky, lie. Becky, Becky scare you, bro. Come Becky, on, yeah, you guys are wild for this. Becky shit, scary, man. bro. Becky, not I have scary. no comments. Becky doesn't scare me. I, I, I feel the what? I'll name drop amendment. if you want me to. <laughs> nah, <laughs> don't do that. Who do you have? Who do you have? Name drop that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss after. We'll discuss after. Oh wait, do you know someone? I know that's plenty. Like, like, like Peter, Peter, you're not afraid to approach a certain group of women. Let's be honest. But okay, okay. but and I'm also saying, I guess you're just because of you. I guess you, the way your life is set up, your game also kind of works more for a certain demographic. What the fuck, my game? What the? <laughs> this is no i mean the thing is bro like it's a true state i have a friend and he literally told me for a fact i'm like because i asked him he's tall black just like me I'm like dude you don't really date black women too much like why and he's like yo my game doesn't work on them straight up i'm like really he's like yeah my game doesn't work on them i'm like yeah. okay well, I, I, I know my Respect game works it. on black women because I've had black women in, at WPI. 
American, but not American, but African. Well, I mean, African associated with America, which is you know, first generation African American. That's what I was to say. Honestly, honestly, the truth is that I, I honestly don't know how to approach like racist speaking, like African Afri- like if they're African related. Like they have like some connection to Africa, I feel comfortable approaching them. But if yeah. they're African American, bro, I don't even know what to. Do. I'm out. I'm like, yo, help me. I'm like trying. I'm like, bro, what do I even talk? Actually, that's not true. Yeah, I, I was got a say, girl. That's not true. I got I got a girl Snapchat on the plane, and she was African American, full on African American. So what am I saying? That's actually cap. You guys are making me confused right now with your <laughs> agendas. All right, put your propaganda in my bro, head. You don't know yourself. Simple. Cap. Yeah, like, you guys are making me unsure. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. i can approach anyone it's just that statistically speaking i i've not talked to that many african-american women to be honest though, Bla- like, black women I, it is, yes it is, it is. i like you saying black out. women what are you saying but like black women like in general women. like black com- can be caribbean african oh, okay. you know from europe from fucking yeah. asia for, but as long as their yeah. skin is melanated yeah. i can talk to you Let's just, let's, just, let's just say this, right? At the end of the day, right? There's a, there's a looks factor, there's a personality factor, right? There are people yeah. that you wouldn't even want to approach once you hear one or two things. So, like, mm-hmm. I like the way Peter really try to defend himself. Yeah, honestly, the super solution for you was just more like personality difference. It is what it is. You don't have silver. Like, for cultural, me, cultural differences. Cultural that's differences. Like, for me, I know, like, where I thrive. And I know where I'll just be like, bro, like, when I'm around white people, like mm-hmm. maybe because I'm a people person, I can adapt, but it takes a different level of energy for me, and I'm just like, yeah. bro, I'm tired. Yeah. I was, you know I was, I was, I was literally the only black person in my private school, so I have to adapt by force. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and, and 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 I'm not talking about like, well, obviously, I have like a lot like white friends that I play football with and things like that. But mm-hmm. what I'm talking about like in a social setting where like mm-hmm. they're drinking beer, they're listening to rock, things. Like, I'm just like, oh no, 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 I'm out. Saying, like, this is I'm just out. not me. You get I'm what out. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think like, this it's... is just not me. And one so of the like, interesting things, man, is 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 because uh, so uh, people call this code switching. I love code switching. I would mm. I'll, I'll straight up admit it, I think code switching is fucking awesome because yeah. I think people become more of themselves when they feel like you relate with them. Yeah, and That's so true. like one of the things that like I I grew up I used to act when I was coming mm-hmm. up. Like I did. Like I was in. I was actually had the lead role in pretty much every school play. Okay. I did one Nollywood film, and I think it won an award. My aunt told me she could have been captain, oh. though. To be honest, she might have been <laughs> But I do remember going for the filming sessions. They had donuts. They put makeup on me. It was actually kind of funny. Anyway, wow. so like I always like getting into character. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like I mean, I rushed a freaking fraternity, and it was not like a historically black fraternity. Like there was yeah. no way. That's I was true. In you there. did. Yeah, yeah, and it was like you know you. I think one of the things is like you. It taught me to appreciate the culture, like, that other people have, whether yeah. I agree with it or not. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like for, for instance, like, you know, frat boy culture is, like, there's, it's, like, rowdy, a lot of, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just yes, rowdy. It's, like, good energy. It's good. I mean, I think it's good brotherly energy for the people that subscribe or need that kind of energy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was I, cool for me to experience it. You know, like. You I, know, those, I would say this. I don't think all white culture is the same. They have their not. own in, intrinsic, you know, unique things. Yeah. Frat bro culture was never for me. I never joined a frat. I never enjoyed the concept of frats. Yeah. But there are some, there are some cultures within, you know being nerdy, watching anime, all those kind of culture, they're, they're associated with a certain demographic of people, usually yeah. not black, even though there are black people in those communities, but there is a, it's a small segment of them. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with hanging out with people like that, I don't care, you know, football, FIFA, 
in america it's majority you know hispanics and whites that play that sport and i'm cool with that that's my whole point it's like i have no problem with certain things it's just certain types of things that i, I personally cannot cannot associate with like country i'm sorry no you know what i mean i i it's not my thing. I disagree. I mean, because the thing is, like, there. I remember there was a whole season for me where there was like, you, you ever heard of a uh, what the hell is the band called? Oh man, they Little Nas X. Called. No, 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 no. Because he's not really country to me. Like Florida Georgia Line. Florida Georgia Line makes some pretty good country music. Like Toby mm-hmm. Keith does some good stuff, and it's like. I would not have learned that if I didn't expose my... I wouldn't have even known that I like that if I didn't mm. expose myself to, like, these yeah. other cultures. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, like, the fact of the matter is, bro, like, there is Afrobeast that I don't like. There is country that yeah. I definitely don't like. It, to me, I, I'm a big believer in individuals. It's part of the reason why I don't like to, like, describe people as, like, you know, oh, like, whites or blacks or whatever because mm-hmm. it just takes away the individuality from people. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think... I think, like, you know, in this country, right, people of color have had their individuality stripped away from them. So I don't yeah. necessarily think that us flipping the script and, and when I say it's us, beneficial. I mean, like, I mean, literally us in this room because I can't speak yeah. for it. I don't I don't know how many people are doing this, but like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's beneficial for us to, you know, perpetuate it in the opposite way yeah. in describing people because the I mean, us, is like I met like you know people that you would identify them as white but they're Italian and they're like they're <laughs> way more like Africans than like their prairie counterparts who are also white and from like the Midwest mm-hmm. they just are you know what I mean I mean there are different types of family culture. whites there's the you know Scandinavian whites and there's the you know Italian whites and there's yeah, also the yeah. British whites. They're all different yeah. types of whites. I just feel like it's weird to like use color as opposed to like a better identifier, right? Like if I say you're black, like that's why I always got like kind of annoying people would be like the black community. I'd be like, how can you like say that we're all the same when like it, there's it, it, Jamaicans, there's Dominicans, yeah. there's Haitians, and we all do not have the same culture. Yeah, so I, it makes I, more sense for you to say like, oh, like the Haitian community. That makes sense because they're all. Obi, like, Obi, the I'll, I'll agree to you, but that comes with the context of American American society. Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to say in, in the Jim Crow eras and like all through that history of what black is. So what do, you, do you do you do so think regardless that that was, of where you come from? Do you think that was correct though? I don't think that was correct. So but you have why to put would it in we context. still? But why, why would we put in context an error that was flawed foundationally? I mean, but when your history is stripped from you and you don't know where exactly where you, you're from, the only thing that binds you is that group identity of those sufferings that was that was laid down upon you as a community. I mean, but just, us, just, us, you know, us. I have issues with that. I just no. feel like it should be. There should be another way another thing that you could like bond on as opposed to like suffering i mean like yeah you know what i mean like My, even like <laughs> jews have suffering because of the holocaust but they yeah. also have the shared religion you know what i mean yeah, yeah. which Obi, is bigger uh, than that okay i think i think it's very difficult for us as people who just came here who don't have ancestry from that you know past to just say that oh we should have a new word about being black because of ah like we have different cult- i get that it's, but do you it's a think, valid like, point. Like before, before white people even came into the picture, mm-hmm. do you think that you would have called yourself black? Just, I'm just curious. Guy, when I was in Nigeria, I had no concept of what black is. I was Nigerian. That's what I'm saying. So, like, but why guess what? We, why would I'm you not in Nigeria. Use... I'm in America. They have their own customs. 
and stuffs of thinking of things. Okay, you, but do so you think if someone's yeah. customs and stuff are you don't agree with, are you just mm-hmm. going to like conform to it even if you don't agree with it? Because I, I mean, no, have... you can debate on it, but that's the discussion. I'm just giving but, a valid reasons of why it is the way it is. I'm not agreeing. I mean, I know why it is the way it is, but like if you continue to perpetuate the way it is, it's not mm-hmm. going to change. Don't you want yeah. it to change? I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say this right when it comes to group identity. I think it goes back to what you were saying at the start with stereotypes. I think it's it's a pointer. It's it's a it's a it's an indicator that you can take note of, right? But at the end of the day, it has to. It can't be the full picture. For example, you were saying you're giving the example of the Haitian community. Not every Haitian is the same. You get what I'm saying? At some point, being identified with as a group, you're still going to feel like I don't belong like that. Some people might be like the Nigerian community. Like not every Nigerian is the same. Not yeah. every Nigerian speaks their language. Not every Nigerian. Yeah. Likes even Afrobeat. Uh, they're over, they're over three hundred and over three hundred languages yeah. and tribes so, in Nigeria. So the way you I know. see it, the way I see it is this: the group identities. There's room for it. There's a space for it. But that cannot yeah. be the full story for that individual. You cannot take away the individual. Like for example, if I see Bole, she's a black woman. I can't be like, oh, I know who Bole is just because she's a black woman. Right. Or I know her experience. Or, or exactly. You know? Or or if I say that she's a Cameroonian, I can't be like, oh, I know exactly who she is because she's Cameroonian. Now I can make assumptions. I can mm-hmm. be like, oh, she probably likes Afro beats. There's a fair chance I might be right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, she probably likes Aldo, like like Eru. She's you know probably eating Cameroonian food. Yeah, that's saying like there's you know a fair I mean? chance I might be right. Yeah. But I can't be like, oh, that is definitely right just from looking at her as mm-hmm. what I've heard about her in like two minutes. Yeah. So that's the way think, I see it. I just, because I feel like that's like, when we use words like, you know, like blacks, whites, that kind of thing to identify a group of people, that to me gives credence for like some of the crap that we see happening with like police brutality and shit mm. like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is a date is a very slippery slope to me personally because mm-hmm. what stops someone from saying, oh, like, yeah, blacks are... You know, I don't like blacks. I don't really hang out with blacks because they're like this. Like, that's basically what, you know, like, I think that speech is perpetuated on both sides. Unfortunately, one side has power. And so it mm. results in oppression on the other side. Anyway, mm. the reason why I bring it up is because I just, when I think of, like, identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think of Americans as, like, oh, like, they're white. I think of Americans as, like, they probably believe in freedom for all, because that is an American ideal. Do you know what but I mean? But that's like, a group. That's an a group identity in itself. In fact, yeah. So that, that's again. That's like okay. it's. But the thing is, like you, like for instance, if you didn't believe in freedom, mm-hmm. would would you would you live in America? Yes. Some people do. Some, Some people do. I can't imagine. Like, like, I mean, they probably believe in their own version of freedom for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty safe to say that like people that live here believe in like. The values that are do whatever American. the fuck you want to do. Be whatever, live how you want to live. Say whatever the fuck you want to say. Do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. like our Muslim brothers and sisters in the Middle East believe in, you know, the cultural norms that they believe in. You know what I mean? Also in Africa as well. Exactly. And so, you know, the reason I say that is because I think cultural identity should be less about color and more about like what what you actually identify what beliefs like you believe but that in is that is called the american experiment to. right there because that's only unique to america if you're chinese from china you identify as han chinese and also with the culture that is unique to china 
think but it's if all you're from Chinese you, people that are Han Chinese though. No, 95% of them are Han Chinese. There's 5% minorities with that the Uyghurs, the Tibetans and so on, right? But what I'm trying to say is that they have a group ethnic identity, culture. Also in Europe, the French, the Swiss, the Germans, the Spanish, the Portuguese have an ethnic culture that is related to their skin as well. If you see a black person in Europe saying that they are German, you're gonna be like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting," because of. Or if you see a black a black China man, you're like, "Yo, that's interesting." Oh, you're Chinese? Are you black? You understand what I'm trying to say? It comes yeah. with, um, the American experiment is very unique. That's what I'm trying to tell you right now, and that's the yeah. truth. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, but to me, that doesn't necessarily like. For instance, like I think the American experiment just kind of proves that. Your color has nothing to do with what you believe in or how you are as a person, right? Because, 100%. 100%. Because, like, Giannis Atentacumpo, mm-hmm. I feel he probably identifies more with Greece Greek? than he does with Greek than he does with Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's where he was raised. That's where he grew up. He mm-hmm. speaks it fluently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know what I mean? Like, Ugo. To me, that doesn't, you know, that, 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 that's like proof that you can't really use color but, to like say, but, oh, like this is how this person is. It but you know the work. beautiful thing about Yanis, and I know his story, yeah. his parents were not given visa. He was not allowed to get the Greek passport until he was 18. So even though he grew up there, he speaks the language fluently, he thinks he's Greek, he believes in Greece, he wants to support Greek. The Greek society or the government during that time rejected him until it was it until it was Yanis Otakumpo who was an MBA's prospect that they wanted to bring to the US. That's what I okay. There's still a lot of Greeks or black Greeks in um, Greece that are suffering because of their color. So I understand what you're trying to say, but you have to put it in context. If that yeah, makes I sense. Mean, there's, there's a there's a neo Nazi organization in Greece for crying out loud. Yeah, that wants to eliminate all immigration into yeah, their country. And, and look, and there, there are those people that exist everywhere in pretty much every country. Like, if you think about it, Nigeria, we went through a genocide where, like, mm-hmm. the Igbos were persecuted because mm-hmm. we wanted to have our own country, right? Mm-hmm. And we were persecuted, right? I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about that because... Anyway. Uh, you are. Um, you are. <laughs> you're, now, bro. you're in America. No, you're in America. no, no. Like, you're safe. You're safe. My, no my, no, my, uh, my, my parents were telling me about this one journalist that got abducted. Anyway, the point is... Okay, okay. Um, no there's... Yeah. Um, there is... There's... There, there, how do I put this? Like, you know, inequality... That's 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 a given of the society we live in today because mm-hmm. of the history that's been perpetuated, right? Mm-hmm. The, yep. the the victors get to tell history, right? Mm-hmm. And the people in power have opinions that have to be changed, right? Mm-hmm. And so we live in that system, and so you have to kind of, you know, it's it's like I don't know. I I think of life as a game. Really, yep. like I think I it's actually, an intricate. It's intricate. That's not that's not a right or wrong. I've the dance. Is it yeah, exactly. It's, just, yeah. it's like you you know, you, everyone's given like a certain hand of cards, and you yeah. can decide to play the game how you want, or you can decide to change, try to change yeah. the rules, or you mm-hmm. could. I mean, decide it goes about. I, I think it's one thing though. Like we know what I What I let me say, we know, but we think we have an idea of what ideal would look like, right? Mm-hmm. But then if they, we know that we live in reality, like, yeah. and it goes back to what you were saying before, like. They are stereotypes. Some of them are negative. Some of them are positive. 
I use some of my positive stereotypes to excel in life. It is what it is. Some people might assume things about me. I'll just be like, like when I came to WPI, everybody thought I could play basketball. I was trash about absolute nonsense. I not <laughs> probably not played basketball more than five times in my life at that point. You get what I'm saying? It's Everyone too just trash, kinda <laughs> I'm saying, but 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 what it did for me was when I went to the court to play basketball, people would pick me. Just assuming I could play. They've never seen me play, but oh I get picked. God. And people yeah. that are better than me will not get pitched. Obviously, <laughs> when the game starts. Yeah. All these things kind of work to your advantage, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then sometimes it works in the opposite fashion where campus police is stopping you, asking you for your ID. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. You understand where you live in. You're smart. You have to make decisions and make sure you know that you don't live in an ideal society. But obviously, you work to make sure that you don't also perpetuate or perpetuate hey. those. One more time. One more time. Say it again, say it again. Perpetuate. Jesus. You understand the English, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're not doing the exact same thing that you're complaining about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just final words on this. I think the beautiful thing is that life is a complex, complicated thing. And I think what Obi says about individualism is important. But understand that group identity is also key in this world and understand how it plays in your life and the lives around you and be be you know you can i mean you only have one life to live so it is what it I, is i think group i'll leave it on this i think group identity only benefits those who seek to manipulate a large population it's hard to manipulate a manipulate a large population it depends yeah. on if you're if i, mean, if, I, mean you identify I as think people, right that's a group mm, right but like obi obi i would disagree with this because of i think group identity can be important if you want to move something forward as well, I think you exactly. can use good or bad. Influence so and that's manipulate why, yeah. a large population. That's exactly yeah, but manipulating is is negative. If that makes sense, influencing I mean, is the right word. Out, I would say you could influence someone negatively, negatively for sure. I mean, what I, what I would say is, I think I think group identity is important to feel connection to something, right? So when I when I go back home to Nigeria, I'm like, okay, like I'm an Igbo man. My village is Nanka. I come from Odum, but not local government. I'm from Abeliba, Naka, to be more specific. Those are groups, but those are subgroups. But that, I don't think, traces back to my actual family line. And then, obviously, it goes higher and higher and higher. And then it comes up to say, oh, I'm a Nigerian boy. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there's a, group ident- there's a good set of group identity that feels like I have a belonging to something. Now, obviously, the negative side would be, like, someone sees an, I'm Igbo and they don't want to give me a job. Because they assume that oh no, I'm going to be corrupt or something. That's where it now becomes problematic, right? Or yeah. like you're like, oh nah, I don't date black women because all black women are ratchets, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, that's when they now the problem now comes to it comes to the surface and then it now becomes complicated. Where you know there's a good side to it, but then there's a bad side to it. So how do you now find that balance? And that's the million dollar question. I I just think that you know group identity is is, is important, but I say individuality should come first at the end of yeah. the day. But I think group yeah. identity is important in terms of solving generalized ideas. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the bottom top approach or the top bottom approach. Yep. It's like both. Yep. You have to find <laughs> the whole, both. We had a whole argument mm-hmm. about that last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think but, yo, individualism. All right, Obi. That was, a, that was a dope conversation. But there's a huge part of you that we haven't talked about yet. And I yes, wanted to, sir. you know, break it down, talk about it a little bit. Obi, you also call yourself a commie, right? The space rapper. He's an actor, engineer, basketballer, everything, and then he's also a musician. Yeah. Where the music, how the music entered the picture? Where did that start from? 
Uh, it started in the church, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, like every great artist. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, I was in chorus as a kid, and also in school I was in a music group called Pals. And okay. so I pretty much sang most of my, like, formative years. And my dad tried to get us to take piano lessons. We went to this one lady's house. She was an awful teacher. She had no patience. <laughs> was she that she, your aunt? No. She could have been. I mean, she was so strict. <laughs> she had off. She was so, like, she just had no patience like for like non-excellence yeah. and it was like yeah. look mm. like it's been a week like obviously i don't remember like where these keys are they're not labeled like yeah. in my house in my house they're labeled here they're not labeled <laughs> and so she but like you know we learned a little bit and so like i got some kind of fundamentals down um and like up until i started playing basketball actually i was always doing like plays and chorus in tandem with basketball mm-hmm. that stopped because believe it or not, because of Troy Bolton and Corbin Blue. Really? Yeah. From High School Musical? Yeah, because I was uh-uh. doing both, and then people were like, what the hell, you think you could just play basketball <laughs> and freaking go sing in the choir? What do you think you're Corbin I'm Blue? Like, dead. You this is high school, yeah. And I was like, damn, I don't want to be like seen as a high school musical person. That's so cheesy. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't damn. even watch Disney growing up. Social oh, pressure okay. did you like that? Yeah, actually. So, you know, and then I went to college and I just stopped cold turkey. And I remember like the music teacher, like at uh, my high school, like came up to, he's a, I think he taught piano, but I, I'm pretty sure he also did chorus or one of the acting things. He told me, oh yeah, like I know that you used to act, like you used to be in Pals. Like, why did you stop? And I told him, he's like, you should do it again. And then I didn't because <laughs> I just didn't. I just, I was focused on basketball at that point. Um, yeah. And then after, I mean, I always used to like to freestyle. Like, there's a video of me on YouTube. Somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. Called, we, know, we know the B- BYOB days, you know, bring your old yeah. bars. OB used to drop some bars yeah. back in the days, you know. I used to drop bars too. Yes, it's a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we did like a in high school we did a parody of Mr. Deshaun Raw, like the rap battle parody. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And then I would just like to freestyle. I actually had a rap diss track put out about me, and I, I never actually responded. Um, oh, someone dissed you? Yeah, he's another. I didn't respond. I'm no, I, I didn't respond. I, the thing is, I wrote out, I wrote out my response, and I looked at it, and I was like, I don't want to be that guy, so yeah, I just didn't yeah. put it out. I just, you know, I don't think it would have been fair. Not that I think that like would I have been able to deliver it the same way he delivered his? Probably not. But I, I felt in my heart that my words probably cut a little bit deeper, mm. and I just, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the thing is, like, I don't know how to like. At that time, I just, you know, I didn't really know how to mean? do a diss track. Like, what is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Niggas so, are savage. I'm not a mean person. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a, like, no one Some knows people. me as a mean person. So I'm, like, yeah. sitting here looking at the lyrics, and I'm like, Obi, you're not mean. You're a nice guy. Like, like you know, people aren't intimidated by you. Like, people think you're genuinely a nice person. So yeah. it just didn't feel right. Anyway, um... Fast forward, stopped playing basketball, and I started hanging out with some more people that did music. Um, I actually liked one of your team. songs. I used to actually saw my bullet. You say yeah. actually like you're shocked that it was good. <laughs> no, no. Like, I mean, <laughs> let me be honest. Let me be honest. If you were, you know, the most people I've seen their songs I, I know have been difficult. 
difficult to handle listening yeah. to the airs. Yeah. So when I heard yours, I was like, actually, this is a good song. I was, yeah. I was like, okay, let me, you know, let me hear. Because I think you did it on your story. That's where I heard it from. Yeah. And you said that it was your music. And I checked it out on, um, was it on YouTube or Spotify? One of them. It was probably one of those two, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, damn, this is actually a good song. And I, I, used, to, I used to walk out to your song. I mean, I still have it on my playlist. Okay, It comes out here and there. But, like, I remember, like, I used to listen to your song like like the whole the whole time I was working I I kept it on repeat. It was really this, good. This is this is a test for all artists out there. Watch this. What's the name of the song? Uh, let me search for it right now. Oh, I okay. Don't remember it. Uh, but he listened to it on repeat, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, Peter is actually bad with names. That's that's what it actually. Nah, I, I just like I just like to tease because like there was I remember I would put out music like on SoundCloud and like. People would tell me, yo, I heard your music on Spotify. It's really good. And I'd be like, I have nothing on Spotify. What are you talking about? That's why. You know? It was kind of funny because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I just find... Because to me, it's like I think they're trying to be positive, which is yeah. cool. Which yeah. is a cool thing. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you're kind of capping, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway, I mean, you, I don't feel, have, you don't have to look it up. It's all good. Yeah. I, I mean, just, I feel the same way with the, with the episodes of Tabs. Even though, like... Maybe because I'm an optimist, so I always believe people, right? Where it's like, oh, yo, like your episode is dope, this or that. And then sometimes yeah. I want to ask what episode did you listen to? But then nine times out of ten, I know that they'll probably won't remember what episode yeah. you're talking yeah, about. Because yeah, yeah. you also forget it. Like, I ever looking forget some episodes that we record. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm just like, let me not put them on the spot, you know? I'll, I I'll think, just let them to me, the cool thing about me, you can see the stream count. And I, I, I look at the streams, you know what I mean? I yeah, know yeah, for yeah, yeah. a fact that it was 16 streams yesterday. Yeah, and you said you listened to it today, and that number didn't go no, up. So you, you, know, you, should, you, should, you should, you should, you should check. You should probably check one of your songs that was played a lot more than usual. I'm sure you probably remember. And that probably, was I mean, oh shit! Well, I appreciate that. Was that. Pro- it was probably forever, but anyway, yeah. Um, what happened? So basically, I I always knew that I liked music. I just didn't really know how to do anything with it. It's kind of like how like you know you want to speak Spanish, but you don't know the language. And it yeah. was kind of like that. I want to make music, but I don't know how to do it. So yeah. um, a friend of mine from Clark, another artist, he gave me his old laptop. And like I owe him a huge set of gratitude for that because that, to me, was like the definition of paying it forward. Um, and it gave me a Mac for the first. I never had a Mac before that. Mm. Um, you know, I always used to say, yeah, nah, dude, I'm a PC. I'm an Android. Like, yo, forget yeah. Mac. Bro, I just didn't have the bread. That stuff is expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, a MacBook's like 2Gs. Who has 2Gs to put into a laptop? You get a Windows for like 300 bucks. Anyway. Right. Um, so, I got my MacBook. I literally haven't looked back. Everything is Mac around me now, by the way. I mean, Shout out to Mark, man. You know what's up? Everything uh, is the same, man. You have to the same. They just make a really good product. Anyway. Um, Arguable. Right. They do make good products. Yeah, so they, don't, they don't. Know, they don't know what they're talking about, man. It's alright. It's okay. I can't multitask like... on. I can't multitask on my freaking phone. I'm just like, bro. You what kind of products you just is don't that? Know how to do it? Just a push boy. That's honestly <laughs> bro. I'm just saying, man. Like Apple products, Loki. All the ones I've used, overrated. In my in my opinion, overrated. Like I expected the world when I switched to Apple. I was just like, bro, what's this shit? Like, it's, bro, it's very not supposed normal. to give you the world. It's supposed to make your life easier. Easier. That would be like, the world to me. Bro, I don't think you understand. Like, by the time you screen share with someone on FaceTime, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Like, like, the thing is, like, it's, it's the simplest stuff that makes it, like, I can never not use it. Like, for instance, AirDrop, right? 
Airdrop. Airdrop is nice. Airdrop like, is nice. I am working on a project <laughs> and the engineer needs the project. We both don't have a cable. I don't have my hard drive. So just airdrop. I'm like, you can airdrop a tw- like a 20 gigabyte file. They're like, yeah, of course, airdrop. And it just works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then the other thing is, I'm sure you've re- you've noticed this. Like, for some reason, like Android devices just do not connect to Bluetooth devices that fast. With uh, Apple, I don't like, know about it that. Just bro. finds the device. Obi, when was the last time you used connect. an Android? You're talking like probably like 2013, 2015. No, I have a Google Pixel right here. Boom. And it doesn't work. No, I still have a, I have service on. I mean, look, I I used to fix phones. I have every single phone in the world. Trust me, I know about phones. Okay. I, I used all of Google's flagships. I still have the the first Google, like I still have the first uh, ne- the Nexus One. I still have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, it's just it's just a you know they just they just didn't make that great of a phone. Back to the music. Right. Back to the music. You got your yeah. Mac. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Thank you for remembering where I left <laughs> off. So I got my Mac. And I got out of a relationship. Bole, it was actually, you guys were actually living with me when I got out of that relationship. I remember. Really? I tell you guys? Were you yeah. done before we were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, were. I definitely was done before you guys. Um, and no, Bole tried to relate. I mean, we <laughs> relate. Obi was my roommate. Obi was roommates for the longest time. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, so I got out of that relationship. I was making music before that, but like, like one of the things that I learned is like music you're not gonna like it if there is an emotion behind it period point blank you can say what whatever, wait say that again you're not if there's emotion like behind it if there isn't emotion oh, okay, behind okay, okay. it and people that's the genius of music so the mm-hmm. reason why i chose the name akamai is because i think music akamai means genius in hawaiian okay mm. now i don't think i'm a genius i think i'm a very smart kid i think i'm very open-minded and insightful but I think music is genius because it's this art form where, you know, you don't have to know my story. You don't have to know where I am, but I can take you there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like, know how I feel, but I'll, like, I'll make you feel it. You don't have to know, like, mm-hmm. what time period I'm from, but I'll bring you back there. Music can make you time travel. It can make you sad, happy. It can give you confidence to persevere. Yeah. Like, anything that can give you that without you mm-hmm. actually having to be in front of a person... Or without yeah. you actually having to do anything other than just listen, to me that's genius. genius. And so, yeah, to me, m- I... music is a very unique um, art form. Yeah, because it's the only art form where you cannot actually see, but you have to listen. I think you can see though. Like, I think the thing is, like music will. Well, music physically, will, you can't see it. I, I mean, if you close your eyes and you're listening to a song, I, I if it's a you know if it's a song that's going to move you, I probably think it'll evoke some imagery. Yeah. emotional sure. imagery i think that's like yeah. we can agree upon that but in terms of like art forms is a unique art form in its way that you cannot actually physically touch it or feel it you know what i mean you can definitely feel music yeah i say you can feel it that's why i say it's yeah. a unique art form the way you cannot actually touch and like physically touch and feel yeah it, if that makes sense but yeah in I, terms of it, 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 it it's an emotional that like you know it's like a uh it's, it's like a dance between chaos and order that's kind of like how music is, if that makes yeah, sense. And you I, dance to that um, wavelength. I think, like, I, 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 would, I struggled to, like, put it in a box, really. Because, like, mm. you know, metal to me is chaos, right? But then, yeah. like, The weekend to me is, like, you know, a- angelic to some degree. Then, like, Masego to me is, like, holy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. like, there's no box. I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's like, versatile. 
Yeah, like music is very much it's like self-expression, and for me, like it became kind of like a way of journaling. Um, and so I just you know made yeah, songs about how I was feeling. I was super depressed for a while because I didn't know who I was. I realized I was dating someone for all the wrong reasons, and I kind of knew, but I didn't take any action about it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was kind of disappointed in myself for not taking action. I was, yeah, I was dating someone for all the wrong reasons. Um, that got me a little bit depressed combined with where I was like located at the time. Um, and then a lot of my friends were going through their own depression. And so it was kind of like this really weird place I was in. And I didn't really have people to talk to because a lot of my close friends were dealing with their own stuff. Um, and talking didn't necessarily make you feel better. It just was like a thing to do. Mm-hmm. But making yeah. music did make me feel better. You know what I mean? Because it was kind of like, yep. okay, like I put all that emotion into this. And now I don't have it to give anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really kind of where Bounce kind of came from. I know Bounce, I was, like, reflecting on a past relationship, not the one that, like, put me in that place. Oh, that but, was like, the one I was listening to, Bounce. Yeah. That was the one I liked. Yeah, I just remember Bounce. that Coco Bounce. Yeah, Bounce is a great song. Shout out to Creeps. He uh, He's a Seattle-based producer, musician, artist, songwriter. He mixed it. He did a freaking finale. I still don't know what he did to make that uh, uh, song. Did you private crazy. the song or something? It's on Spotify. I thought you removed it on some other websites. Uh, I removed it on Spotify because I switched distributors. Like the, the other side of the music is like, like, I love making music. The logistical side of it, like actually like do is the reason I have to like not just distribution, but like market. I haven't been releasing as much because you know releasing music just to release it without a fan base is kind of a waste of your time mm-hmm. um, because you just don't have as much people listening to your stuff, which means you're not going to get out of it like at least the money to sustain yourself and keep going. And mm-hmm. I want to get to a place where I can take care of all my responsibilities and make change in the world from my music. From your music. Mm-hmm. So it's like that means I have to do a lot more kind of like. Uh, on the other side of it, not just the creation. So, like, creating music is probably the easiest part. Marketing it, creating a brand, and all that. Mm. That's the hard part. But that's mm. kind of why, like, I try. I experimented with so many different, like, IG names. Like, at one point, I was Prince Obi on IG. Then I was Akamai the Artist. Then I think I was, like, Space Parker. And uh, now I'm the Space Rapper. And I think that... Like, to me, I just wanted something that would be, like, memorable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's pretty memorable because it's, like, one, there's no underscores involved. There's no periods or anything like that. Two, um, a lot of people had trouble pronouncing Akamai when I would say it to people. And they'd be like, how do you say that? And I'm like, ah, oh, I hate having to explain I that. I thought it was pronounced Akomi or something like that. Yeah, that I was like, yeah. Akami. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I guess you could say it however way it makes you feel. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, it's, I say Akamai in like all the songs. Like when I like say my name, I say Akamai because mm. it rhymes with a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, I actually just finished up an Afrobeats EP, um, mm. but I call myself the Space Rapper because, uh, you know, I like music that disconnects you from, like, Earth. I always kind of felt like Earth was this kind of fucked up place where, like, there were all these, like, 
rules and like groups and like you know influences to make you feel like in order to be successful or to be whatever you have to be a certain thing and like it, people just don't feel comfortable being who they want to be even like you see it across the board you know what i mean it could be with regards to like you know you want to be an artist but your parents want you to be like whatever or society mm-hmm. wants you to be this because society wants you to mm-hmm. get a job in this field and pay taxes or it could be like you I don't know, it could be anything really, but the whole point of space rap is like it's music that puts you in space. It disconnects you from Earth, and so the problems of Earth no longer apply when you're listening mm-hmm. to the music. So you're just in a different place. And I hope that by going to that place, you can identify um, with your true sense of self and come mm-hmm. back to Earth a better person. So the space rapper is like this astronaut. Um, and he's just going to different places in space with the knowledge that like he's going to come back to Earth at some point, but he's leaving for now to go on this journey. And so Planet Africa is the first stop. And I, I did an EP. There's going to be an album, I, a companion to it. I don't know when that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I haven't I have all the beats, I think, I think. But I haven't started like working on it yet because like, you know, there's a lot of lessons that I want to put into that project that I don't even think I've learned yet. Um, mm-hmm. But the EP is mostly just vibes because I think if there was a planet called Africa, it would just be vibes. Be vibes. Good vibes. That's all the Africa though as well. Yeah. So that was the whole part of the project. And I actually just got the album art back from the uh, from the creator today, which nice. is cool. So I've got like three different uh, pictures to go choose from. Choose from. And I, I'm, beautiful, I beautiful. Yeah, so. that was actually a dope description. Like when you were describing that, I don't know why. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I, I think it's the Disney movie Soul. Well, like, uh, well, like I've, I've you, watched it. You've seen Soul. Well, like they when they are playing their music and then they enter the zone and it's kind of like they leave their body and go into space. Yeah. So when you were like, describing that, that's kind of how it. Like, yeah. That's like the image that came to my head. I was like, oh, that's yeah. actually very dope. They call it the zone. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yo. That's where I want the music to take you, the zone, space. I call it space because I, in space yep. you're floating. And yep. when you're floating, you're not. there's no attachments. There's nothing weighing you down. Like Gravity yep. weighs you down. But in like my metaphorical version of the world, gravity is like all these other influences that want mm-hmm. you to be something that you don't want to be. And you just want to be, you just want to float. You just want to be yeah. left alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like when objects are left alone in space, they just kind of float there. And that's yeah. that's the whole point of the music. It should bring wow. you there, and yeah. then from there, I think you can make like you can chart a course because you're not being pulled anywhere. You're just yeah, you're just there. Yeah, yeah. man, that was dope, man. So when are we expecting it to drop? Uh, right now, I'm planning for May fourth. Um, May fourth. Is yeah, that I'm, date symbolic to you, or? Uh, not really. My name is my real name is Obi. May fourth is like Star Wars Day, so like mm. Obi Wan Kenobi. I literally pulled that out of my ass. Like that's not something <laughs> I think about at all. It's it's just like I'm saying May fourth because I I logistically need two weeks to try and get like a gotcha, Spotify gotcha, gotcha. playlist to pick me up. Yeah, so it takes like two weeks to like you you want to give them at least two weeks to like pick it up, mm-hmm. and if they don't, then you might want to push it because you do want to get playlisted in order to get some traction. So I keep pushing it because I'm really just trying to get like people to listen to it, listen, like bloggers yeah. to write about it and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, definitely, we'll definitely give it a listen when it drops and like promote it on here, you know, like, I mean, yeah, yeah our brother, and I think you're going to change the world, man, like from 
Facts. I mean, like, remember at the beginning when I said that Obi is this kind of guy that just kind of like talks about everything and he's just kind of like there and it's kind of like Loki just disappears and then when he reappears he can just have a discussion with any single person <laughs> you can see how this podcast episode went we literally talked about his life talked about freaking Microsoft Teams on Zoom talked about why Google <laughs> Google made some trash I mean he calls, and, he and calls and himself he an intellectual yeah. he, calls, he calls himself an intellectual for a reason so yeah took us to space again with his you know the way he described his music and the reason for it honestly I'm a huge fan of that and I Yo, I'm supporting the message. Yeah. Like, makes so much sense, man. But Obi, thank you so much for joining us today, man. And there's one final question I want to ask you. You know, because yeah. you talked about your music and how you struggle with finding your identity and who you are. You felt like you just wanted to float and be in space. So, who is Obi? Or who is Obi? Um, I said, I guess today Obi is Akamai, and to me that means that I'm about my music and. I'm on a journey, mm. I think, to figure out how far I can take this because, like, part of the thing, I, you know, I haven't even met my audience yet. You know what I mean? Like, I have mm. this idea that there are people out there that feel this way and they want to be liberated and, like, brought mm. to space. You know what I mean? And mm. I don't even know who they are, what they look like. So I haven't yeah. even met them yet. And, like, when I meet them, I'm sure, like, there'll be things that they inspire me to do. So, it's just, this is like a creative journey for me, you know, like I, I'm, Obi is, you know, Obi is a kid who was born to Nigerian parents that had a very interesting upbringing and is in the process of reinventing um, himself as an artist, you know, and, you know, I think I, you know, not even, I think I am an artist already, but, you know, you have to do a good amount of work to make other people see that. So, mm. yep. um, I'm also going to be the first rapper with a music video in space. That's going to be dope as hell. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you heard that, it here first. That'll be dope. I love it, man. I love it. So, where can we find you if we're trying to, if we're trying to, you know, we're trying to reach out to you, if we're trying to listen to your stuff, if we're trying to slide in the DMs, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram, I'm taking a prolonged hiatus. Um, I'm actually going to delegate like someone to manage that page for me because I have an unhealthy relationship with social media. Obi Akamai, Obiora, thank you so much for joining us in this week's episode of the Afro Journal Podcast. We have this thing that we like to do at the end. Yeah. We're just like, oh, what's your journal entry for the week? You know, it can be anything. Like literally, just imagine having a journal. What would you write inside this week? And we all like to answer it. So I can start with Alright, Bole, I'll start with you then. My journal, your journal entry, entry for the week? For the week is follow your passion. Mm. Right. I like that. Chef I think my journal entry is that I think it's important to have your self identity, but in the context of group identity. Mm. Okay. That's where I'll leave it at. Yeah. For me, just a. Uh, just a thing of figure out more ways to get more done because i feel like i'm also in this space where i feel like i'm doing a lot but not really doing anything yeah and that's like the that's like the space in my life i'm at right now so it's like yeah. figure out a way to be more efficient and free up more time so i can actually do the things that i want to you spend want to my time doing so mm-hmm. yeah oh be your entry please all right i think my journal entry is don't worry about what they say because they were usually told what they know and they didn't experience it from action. 
Dream I like big. That. I like that. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do the outro, man. Let's do the outro. Let's do the outro. It's been your Happy boy. Shout out. It's been your boy Shapiro. You know, another you know extra luggage. You know, rich boy. You know, chief rich creator. Words. Broke chief, cre- chief, chief creator. Chief creator of the Afro Journal podcast. Straight facts. You know, I'll actually <laughs> give him that. I'll actually give him that. Like, I'll I'll uh, not argue about you know this guy's actually like he's like the best editor of this podcast. I'm like, uh, bro, I'm, try- I'm trying to be like Peter when I grow up. Oh, damn. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Don't be like be like you. <laughs> it's your boy Peter Kitiki and Chibuzo Alego Junior. And it's your Cameroonian glazed chocolate donut. What do I call myself? The chief social media member of the Afro Journal. Y'all don't do shit on that shit. One hundred percent. One hundred. First of all, my, I, feel like like my social media, I feel like but my like social media presence that. is actually the best, Loki. But it's alright. Well, it's your. You know, they call me the vintage chocolates. The toasted caramel, the elder of the Afro Journal, the one that keeps everyone working. Not the elder. Chief of You know, they call us the program, ma- the, the project managers. Actually, that's what they call us. Actually, it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You can, you can be I'll the project manager. I'll take it. I'll take it. Chief of Jerry Jeremiah Okafo. Guys, it's been Akama, the artist, aka the space rapper, aka Space Parker, aka I'm taking you to space. Mm. Signing out. Are we out? All right. We out. See you guys. Peace. Peace.